the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 2. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. We'll turn over to Luke chapter 15 um, in just a few moments, and we'll spend most of the time the rest of the night there in Luke 15. In prayer for Brother Eddie this week as he preaches uh, revival up in White House Fork at the Pentecostal Holiness Church there. And I pray that God would pour out His Spirit upon him and give them a great revival. So as we pray in just a few moments, let's lift up our pastor in prayer. First Peter chapter number 2, verse number 25. And the Word of God reads, For ye were as sheep, Gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. For ye were as sheep gone astray, but ye are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. I want to preach if the Lord will help us for a few moments tonight on this all Jesus the shepherd. Jesus the shepherd. Let's lift our hands one more time and ask God to help us. Uh, tonight, Father, we love you. We are so thankful for your spirit that we've been made to feel. You are truly so easy to love and adore. Father, we worship you and magnify your name in this place. Father, we pray as the lot has fallen for the preaching of the word of the Lord. We pray that you would anoint me now. Hide me behind the cross as always. I have no giftings, no talents, no abilities outside of you. But with you, for you, and through you, and by you, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I pray that you touch this feeble body. God, in my frailty tonight, I pray that you would do what I can. God, I'm your vessel. God, I've sought your face. I pray that you have filled me up. God, now I pray that you would pour me out. Let preaching be easy. Let preaching be effective. But most of all, God, I pray that this altar service would be anointed tonight. You would do an everlasting and an eternal work in our hearts and lives. We'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. And amen. In First Peter, Peter is writing to the church and he states the fact that we all know to be true. That man in his human nature and his Adamic nature that we have all fallen and we have all gone astray. Whether you have been saved for 50 years or whether you have been lost for 50 years. The fact of the matter is is that we were all fallen and we all needed a Savior. We all needed the shepherd to come and to rescue us. But for some of those, there are some sheep that are still wandering in the abyss. They're still outside of the household of faith that's still meandering through a world of sin and carnality and confusion. But thank God for the last part of that verse when Peter was writing and he says, But you're now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. I'm thankful tonight that I am not lost, but I have been found. Amen. I'm thankful that grace has found me when I couldn't find my way back home. I'm thankful that the shepherd came looking for me. I mean, aren't you thankful that the shepherd come looking for you? 
Amen. It says that we have all lost and gone astray. If we are all fallen and we've all gone astray, then we must first lay in the foundation tonight know that the lost sheep was not the fault of the shepherd. There are some that live in outside of the household of faith. They blame everything they, that has happened in their life on a God that they don't know. And they have the mentality that everything in life, they never prayed, they've never sought God, but they uh, definitely don't give God thanks for any of the good that has happened. But you better believe that they're going to, uh, going to uh, blame Him for everything that has gone, gone wrong. But the lost sheep was not fault. The fault of the shepherd. The sinner is like the strayed sheep. You know, it's the nature of a dog or a cat or a horse that when lost, most of the time, they can find their way back home. I, I've seen some where uh, men would drop off dogs and carry them away miles away from their house. It's a cruel thing to do. But a couple of days later, those dogs will come walking right back up the road, back home. It's in their nature. They know where home is and they gravitate to that. But she does not have that instinct. Unless the shepherd goes and looks for the sheep, the sheep would just continue to be lost to his own devices and to his own ways. If that sheep is ever to be found, it's not going to be because of his own instinct. It's not going to be because of his own nature or in his own internal compass. It's going to be because a shepherd intentionally goes out searching for him. I can tell you, folks, it's the exact same way with salvation. It's the exact same way. When a man is left to his own devices, he never will just happen to wander back home. If he's left to his own moral compass and his own ways, I can tell you he is a hell-bound sinner. But if that man is ever going to find his way back home, then the mercy and the grace of God Almighty is going to have to seek him out is going to have to search him out and going to have to bring him back home. Amen. The sheep meanders in the wilderness, in the abyss, and will stay there if he's left to his own devices. But thank God for the shepherd. Thank God for a shepherd that'll go out seeking for that which is lost. In the book of Luke chapter number 15, we know this is recorded in Scripture as the lost chapter. There are three different parables that are here that describes things that have been lost. First and foremost, we find the story of the lost sheep. Then we find two other stories, the parables of the lost coin and the lost prodigal son. But in Luke 15 verses 3 through 7, we find the parable of the lost sheep. And Jesus speaking this parable saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons 
which need no repentance. I want us to look at Jesus the shepherd and we know this is a parable about Christ seeking out lost humanity that has gone astray. And I believe that there's five things that we can see about the characteristics of Jesus the shepherd tonight. The first one of which I want us to notice is that I want us to notice the compassion that the shepherd had for the lost sheep. Notice the compassion that he had to the shepherd. The one sheep that was lost was just as valuable as the 99 that was in the sheepfold. That defies human logic. If you are making an investment and you invest into one stock and it goes south, but you've got 99 in a nest egg that's pretty good, you're not going to be so much worried about the one lost thing out there. If you've got uh, uh, 99 pennies or 100 pennies uh, on this pulpit tonight uh, and one falls down on the floor and we can't find it, uh, human nature would be content. Uh, I have found 99. Uh, I have 99 uh, pennies in my pocket. Uh, I'm not going to lose a whole lot of sleep uh, over one uh, uh, lost coin that we find. Uh, but I can tell you Jesus is not that way. Jesus, the great shepherd, is not that way. For the one that is lost, he is just as valuable as the 99 that is in the sheepfold. What is the reason for this? I believe we can find it mentioned in scriptures as one thing, and that is his compassion for lost humanity. If he has one soft spot in his heart, the Christ, the Savior of the world, who took on sin for us and died on Calvary, and for a man to do that has to be as tough as nails. Uh, Jesus wasn't a sissy. Uh, he wasn't a weakling. Uh, I mean, Jesus was a man's man. Uh, that stared the devil in the face eyeball to eyeball. Uh, without budging, without flinching. Uh, and three times told him, for it is written. Uh, amen. And quoted the word of God. Uh, he stared Satan right in the eyes. Uh, and he was victorious. Uh, amen. Over it. He stared death, hell in the grave. Uh, eyeball to eyeball. Uh, and, and rose victorious over all three and got the keys of said three. Amen. And he has it in his hands tonight. But if Jesus, amen, the toughest man that ever lived, amen, a man's man, if there is one soft spot that he has in his heart, it is for the sinner and it is for the lost sheep. Amen. That's the whole reason that he came. He came not for the ones that were well and whole, but he came for the sick. Amen. He came to be a physician to those who were perishing. He came to be a savior to those that were lost and damned. And tonight as he sits on his eternal throne, if there is one thing and he has, if there is one soft spot with Christ, it is his compassion and his love for fallen man. The one vulnerability of Christ, it was his compassion in Matthew chapter number 6, the Bible says, In Jesus, when He came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them 
because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach many things. In Matthew chapter number 9, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they had fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. The wandering of a soul, the wandering of a lost sheep, I can tell you it grieves the heart of our Savior. He cannot bear the thought of one perishing without an opportunity to be saved. That's the reason why He came. Yes, He come to open the eyes of the blind. Yes, He come to heal. Yes, He come to restore. Amen. But He could have done all of that without ever going to Calvary. He could have opened up blinded Bartimaeus' eyes without dying on the cross. He could have raised Lazarus from the dead without ever knowing the torture of Calvary. But the fact of the matter is, is that He lived to die. What this purpose was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And ever since Calvary, His heart has been grieved and His heart has been moved for the fallen nature of man. He still has compassion on the lost. The distinction between Christianity and all other systems of religion consists largely in this. That in all other religions, men are found seeking after God. But in Christianity, God is seeking after man. The Buddhists are seeking enlightenment. And they try their whole life to reach this eternal or this eternal state. The Islams spend their whole life trying to please Allah. Amen. Which is not God. But that's who they think is God. And then all other religions is man trying to seek wisdom. Confucius men seeking after wisdom. But Christianity is God seeking out man. Amen. Seeking him out and saying here is salvation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What you're looking for is me. No other God would visit those false religions. None of those other gods that they worship and pray to hours on end uh, will ever answer one prayer uh, will ever hear uh, a, a cry uh, will ever reach down and save a soul uh, but the Savior uh, of the world the sovereign God of the universe uh, He is moved with compassion uh, and if we want to get His attention uh, all we have to do is lift our voice and cry uh, and He's moved uh, with compassion for us While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Some 2,000 years ago hanging on the cross of Calvary, I was not a thought in anybody's mind, but I was a thought in His mind. When He was on the cross, thank God I was on His mind. Before I was ever born. Before you were ever born. A figment in anybody's imagination. The shepherd's work had already begun. Seeking you out. He's already paid the price for redemption and ransom. He did that on the cross of Calvary. Tonight the price has already been paid. He's seeking after man to show him the way. The true shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
A compassionate Savior He is. Number one, the shepherd is marked by His compassion. And I want us to notice that the shepherd risked everything to find the sheep. Notice that this was a definite search. The shepherd goes after the sheep. And after nothing else, nothing else had his eye. Nothing else had his heart, but when he left the 90 and 9, Brother Minks, he had one mission in his mind, and that was the lost sheep. That was the one that was lost. That was the one that had gone astray. That was the one that had wandered into the abyss and was groping in the darkness. I don't believe that he walked to town and said, well, if I can find the sheep, I'll bring him back home. I don't believe that he was out doing other uh, errands on the farm just saying, I hope that I find the sheep. I believe that he was intentional in seeking after the sheep. I believe that he was intentional in his mission. He was intentional in his motive. Amen. I can tell you that a holy God robed in flesh was intentional in his mission. That was the cross of Calvary. His face was like a flint as it were to Calvary. Amen. From the foundation of the world. Amen. The Son of God was slain for the sins of this world is what the Word of God says. From the very foundations of this world. The same way that the shepherd was intentional in his search of the sheep I can tell you our great shepherd was intentional in his mission amen to offer himself as a sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the father that he may redeem fallen man from their sin a holy God robed in humanity in a search for fallen man amen a holy God that is intentional in his pursuit after the sheep he risked everything the, 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 the definite search, the all-absorbing search. The shepherd was not divided in his mission. He was not divided in his mandate. But his heart was set on the sheep. Tonight, I can tell you, his heart is still set on the sheep. His heart still longs for the sheep. Notice what the shepherd did. He didn't just seek after it and search after it for five minutes or an hour. But the Bible says that he searched after it until he found it. I don't believe it was just a few minutes and he just happened to stumble on it. No, I believe that his heart was set on it. And it might have taken hours. It might have taken days. But regardless of the time and regardless of the commitment, he was committed to bringing that sheep home. He was committed to that which is lost. This was an active search. This was a persevering search. He searched until he found it. In the book of Genesis chapter number 1 and 2, we can find how God created man. And after the fall of man, when Adam and Eve sinned and became separated from God, he asked him a question. He said, Adam, where art thou? God was looking for a man. God was searching after man. God was 
looking for him, longing for fellowship. Now I, I know that God knew exactly where Adam was all along. But God wanted Adam to know where Adam was. He wanted Adam to be conscious of the fact that that relationship, that that communication had been severed. But ever since then, he's been looking after man. He's been searching for lost man. On that day, he began a search longing for men that he could share his heart with that continues to this very day. God's looking for men and women that he can fellowship with, that he commune with, that he can share his heart with, that he can use for his glory. And in the same way that the shepherd is seeking after the lost sheep in Luke 15, God is still looking for and longing for man. He doesn't need man, but he wants man. He desires man. He fellowships with man. Listen, there's nothing in me uh, that, that would add one value uh, or one sin of value to the kingdom of God. Uh, amen. All I am uh, is flesh and bone. Uh, but 17 years ago uh, he knocked on my heart's door. Uh, amen. And took possession of my life uh, and brought me back into the sheepfold. Uh, amen. He was searching for me. Uh, he was looking for me. Uh, and when I could not find my way back home uh, I remember the night that the shepherd showed up and he reached out his hand. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the grace of our great shepherd. Yes. Me, of no value, whose life was tattered, shattered, and ruined. The God of the universe came looking for me. That's the kind of shepherd that we serve. To this world, I meant absolutely nothing. To this world, you may mean I feel like you are absolutely nothing. But I can tell you and through the eyes of our Savior, you're worth absolutely everything. Everything. Amen. The, the mission, seeking after a lost man. So we see his heart, his compassion. We can see his intent in his search. But I want us to look thirdly at the grace of the shepherd. Now I know the there's Middle Eastern parables. This is not written in the Bible, but there are proverbs and stories of documented what a shepherd will sometimes have to do to the sheep when he continues to go astray yes. and he continues to wander off. Yes. I've read, Brother Meeks, where there's times where the shepherd has to break the leg of the sheep and bandage that sheep and nourish it back to health. So that sheep will refrain from ever wandering off again. I know about all of those stories. But I want us to look at Luke chapter number 15. When the shepherd found the sheep. Brother Daniel, he could have beat that sheep. And the sheep deserved it for wandering away. He could have inflicted pain on the sheep. To try to teach the sheep a lesson. To never wander away. But we see the grace of God and that 
while the sheep was still astray, while the sheep was gone outside of the, the, the sheepfold, the shepherd went after it. And when he found it, he didn't curse the sheep. He didn't beat the sheep. He didn't kill the sheep. But the Bible says that he picked up the sheep. There's times where God has to send reproof and correction. When we live in utter rebellion to Him and to His authority, there's times when God has to issue reproof and correction. But there's other times, Brother Meeks, when instead of reproof and correction, there's a time for that. But He's going to wrap us in His arms. And we're going to be made to feel and to know and to experience the love of Almighty God. I mean, I'm thankful that when my life was in ruins, that the Savior didn't kick me while I was down. I'm thankful that He didn't curse me to outer darkness that night. But for the first time in my life, I truly felt the warm embrace of the Savior. That's why it blows my mind when we want to rush to judgment and to condemn everybody for everything. When we have a loving Savior that's out there to love on them the same way that He loved on you and the same way that He loved on me. Yes, there are times for rebuke. And yes, there are times for correction. But that's God's job, not ours. Say amen. That's God's job. Amen. Not ours. Amen. When that sheep that is lost, that's out there, outside of the household of faith, amen, we ought to show the same love and the same grace, amen, that the Lord Jesus Christ showed unto us. Amen. Those that have received the greatest amount of grace oftentimes show it the least. Amen. I know where I was when God found me. Amen. I want to spend my life extending that same grace. Extending that same mercy to others so that they may come to know this shepherd. Amen. The grace of the great shepherd. I remember where I was when the Lord, amen, picked me up. Amen. I was just like David when he said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I, I too was in that horrible pit. I was in a pit called sin, seeking amen, further than I could pull myself out of. But it was in that time that this shepherd, hallelujah, reached down his hand into the very pit that I was in. And he picked me up and he pulled me out and set my feet upon the rock which is Christ and established my goings. The grace of the great shepherd. He's able to save when we cannot save ourselves. Amen. He's able to show grace and mercy and love even to those that don't deserve it. Amen. I was talking to Brother Eddie not too long ago about a certain topic of a group of people that had blasphemed God and just living in utter rebellion and utter sin. And I said, I thank God that I'm not God. Because 
when I see people defile and blaspheme the name of God and do some of the stuff that's going on in the world today, Corey is like the disciples that wanted to call fire down from heaven and destroy them all. That's my God that they're talking about. I love Him. And to see them curse His name and ridicule and to see them despise and blaspheme, a, a holy indignation rises up in me. Amen. And I want to defend. And I, I, I want to. Uh, amen. I, I, I want to see judgment sometimes on this world. Uh, amen. But God doesn't think like we think. Uh, His ways are not our ways. Uh, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, is He loves them just as much uh, as He loves me. Uh, no, we don't condone what they do. Uh, no, He don't endorse and put a seal of approval. Uh, amen. But if the Holy Ghost convicts their heart uh, and they cry out to repent, Penance, amen, to Him and put their faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and turn from their wicked ways that He would view them exactly like He views me as a child of Almighty God. That goes against the flesh. That goes against the grain of how we're built. Amen. But God loves them despite, amen, their sin. Despite at all, we see the grace of the shepherd. Not only do we see the grace of the shepherd when he picked up the sheep, but look at what he did next. He doesn't pick up the sheep and then beat the sheep. But the Bible says that he picked up the sheep and he carried it. He put the sheep. He didn't just carry it in his arms. But the Bible says that. He placed it. Upon his shoulders. Look at how. Beautiful this parable is. As it unfolds. Some of the writers. In years gone by. Put it like this. In his incarnation. He came after the lost sheep. In his life, he continued to seek it. In his death, he laid it upon his shoulders. In his resurrection, he bore it on his way. And in his ascension, he brought it home rejoicing. One writer wrote, Our Lord's career is a course of soul winning. A life laid out for His people. And in it you may trace the whole process of salvation. But now see the shepherd when he finds the sheep. He layeth it upon his shoulders. Number one, it's an uplifting action. Raising the fallen one from the earth whereon he had strayed. It is though he took the sheep just as it was. Without a word of rebuke. Without delay or hesitancy. He lifted up out of the salt of the briars into to a place of safety. Amen. Thank God that He's still picking people up and lifting them up. Amen. The God of this earth is not going to kick a man when he's down. But if he's crying out to Him for mercy and grace, He will find grace to help in a time of need. And tonight, on a Wednesday night, you might have come in like the lost sheep to where you may not be lost spiritually. Amen. You may be in the household of faith. But the 
cares of this life uh, has burdened you down uh, to the point where you've been beaten, uh, to the point where you just feel beat down and tired, uh, and it don't seem like you've got an ounce of energy to put one foot uh, in front of the other, spiritually speaking. Uh, we still serve a God uh, that's still picking people up uh, right where they are, uh, picking them up, uh, lifting them up, uh, and carrying the load. Uh, amen. That's the work uh, of the great shepherd. Notice where he lays the sheep. He lays it upon his shoulder. Now the shoulder is known as a plate, the place of the body that carries the burden and the load. If you're going against something heavy and you've got to put all of your weight into something, what are you going to do? You're going to bow up against it and put that shoulder into it. Something, it's a place of strength. But it's also a place of safety and security. Jesus, the great shepherd, picked up the sheep, placed it upon his shoulders to help it carry the load. More condescending still is another view of this act. It was a deed of service to the sheep. I want you to notice that in normal, the normal life cycle of a sheep, that the sheep would give his life in service for the shepherd. It would be the sheep that produces the wool. It would be the shepherd that sheaves the wool, collects the wool, and then the cycle goes all over again. You see, it's the sheep that is in service of the shepherd. But in this story, the shepherd is in service of the sheep. The same way that Jesus Christ was in service of all of humanity when He laid His arms on the cross and died and took our place. Amen. You see, in all other religions, millions of people around the world are living their life in servitude to a God. But in all actuality for us, yes, we live as servants unto the Lord. But He has already subjected Himself to us on the cross of Calvary. He lowered Himself and made Himself of no reputation. Uh, a holy God became a man so that men could approach a holy God. Notice that the sheep rise, rides and the shepherd is the burden bearer. The sheep rest while the shepherd labors. There's been a lot of times, Brother Minks, on this Christian journey, burdened down. I couldn't carry the load. I couldn't shoulder the load. But thank God that I was able to place it on Him. And He was able to carry what I couldn't. I'm reminded of the old parable of the footprints in the sand where all along the the sand, there were two sets of footprints. And all of a sudden, it got down to one set of footprints in the sand. And the man asked the Lord, he said, Lord, where were you at? He said, I was facing a heavy load and a burden, and there's only one set of footprints in the sand. Where did you go? God said it was in those difficult times that those footprints were mine. 
I was carrying you through. I was carrying you through the storms and the circumstances of life. That is our great shepherd. And that's what our great shepherd does. And we can see that as this shepherd carried the sheep, lastly, it was a rest-giving act. Very likely, it was needful to the sheep, which could go no further, was faint, and it was weary. It was a full rest to the poor creature if it could have had understood it to feel itself upon the shepherd's shoulders, irresistibly carried back to safety. It was the shepherd that was doing the work while the sheep was able to enjoy the rest. I'm thankful that there is yet a rest that remains for the child of God. There's a rest because He's carrying us through. Making it possible to make it through this life. Kirsten, if you'll come help me, I'm done. Lastly, I want you to look at the last characteristic of our great shepherd. Not only does he seek after it with compassion, seeks after it till he finds it, picks up the sheep and carries the sheep, but the Bible takes it one step further and says that the shepherd rejoices over the sheep. He rejoices over the lost sheep that has been found. It's in Luke 15, 5, and when he had found it, he lay it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called it together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. In verse number 7 says, And I say unto you that likewise joy shall there be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over the ninety and nine just persons which have need, which need no repentance. It's in Luke 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. It gives God joy to see a sheep come home. Joy. The Bible says in Zephaniah chapter number 3, verse 17, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. And He will rest in His love. He will joy over thee with singing. The shepherd rejoicing over the sheep. You know, it would make sense for the sheep to be rejoicing because the shepherd found him. But you don't find that recorded in Scripture. But you do find the shepherd rejoicing over the sheep. I mean, I'm thankful tonight that we serve a great shepherd. A great shepherd. And not only is he able to save, but he's able to keep. That's the, that that we commit unto Him even against that day. He's able to keep us better than we're able to keep ourselves. A shepherd that loves us. A shepherd that cares for us. There's times I've been born again 17 years. I was talking to a man Monday. I was talking about how his life was rough and out of hand and he asked, he said, I was 
trying to share a little bit of my testimony, but he kind of had other things going on. But he said, what changed your life? What made you turn things around? I said, just one word. Jesus. Just Jesus. He reached out his hand and he saved me. He come looking for me. Brought me back into the sheepfold. And there's been some times where since then, he has had to bring out the rod of correction. He has had to bring out the staff. Pull me back in. You're straying a little bit. You need to get back a little bit closer. You see, the shepherd, as long as the sheep will stay submitted to him, the shepherd will never give up on that sheep. Never. Now, if he wanders out of the sheepfold and goes and does his own thing, steps outside of the blood and the protection, then he opens himself up to the wolves and the predators. His blood is on his own head. But as long as that sheep will stay submitted to the shepherd, man, that sheep has absolutely nothing to worry about. Preacher, you're saying eternal security once you're in the sheepfold, you don't have anything to worry about? I'm not preaching to you a message and a doctrine of eternal security. But I am saying this. I do believe that a man can get born again and fall in love with Jesus and has no desire to go back into the world and stray. Has no desire to go back into the beggarly elements of this world. But he falls in love with the shepherd. You see, in Old Testament days, I'm closing with this thought and a lot of times we read of the Old Testament sacrifices and to the end it became monopolized and people were offering God sacrifices that didn't cost them anything. They were going to the temple and buying turtle doves and buying offerings unto God. That's when Jesus drove out the money exchangers, loosed the doves that were in the cages. They were offering sacrifices that did not mean anything. But when the Levitical law was instituted and they would offer lambs unto God, that lamb would live under the confines with that family. They would take as good a care as that, of that lamb as they would their own children. And when the, the lamb was to be offered in the sacrifice, they had grown to love that lamb. They had long grown to appreciate that lamb. And no doubt their heart ached a little bit when they laid it on the altar for it to be sacrificed unto God. But the fact is that that was a sacrifice that God honored and God accepted. That was a sacrifice that cost that family something. That was a sacrifice that God didn't despise, but He embraced. Listen, when we live our lives in servitude of the shepherd, it may cost us some things. Brother Daniel and I were talking last night as we were talking on the house of a wide range of subjects that could all be summed up with just one word, God knows the heart. God knows the desire, the intents, and the motives of man. 
And if a man is willing to live his life in subjection to the shepherd, the shepherd will in no wise cast that man out. A great shepherd that seeks after the lost and brings them in. But then, once he gets them in, he, he'll keep us there if we'll stay submitted unto him. Tonight, it's just a simple gospel message about the love that the great shepherd has for us. But Brother Daniel, I want to reciprocate that love back to him. I want to reciprocate that love back to him to love Him the same way that He loved me. Our great shepherd. I mean, I wonder if we could tonight. It's early yet. Find us a place to pray around this altar. Lift up holy hands unto heaven and praise our great Savior. To praise our great shepherd tonight, Jesus, the great shepherd. He's worthy to be exalted. If you're here and you're born again, you've got a reason to praise Him. You've got a reason to love it. You've got a reason to lift your voice. If you hear you're not saved, the Savior is looking for you tonight. The Savior is seeking you out. He's leaving the 99 and the sheepfold. And He's running after you because He desires you. He desires your heart. Don't turn Him away. Don't reject Him. Don't live in rebellion. Don't be a rebel. But run to it. He'll embrace you. He'll pick you up. He'll carry your load. And He'll rejoice over you with sleep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.